Welcome in, everybody, to the Hear Me Out Sports Talk podcast. I'm Nick Palazzolo alongside Josh Pose. We are back after another two-month hiatus. Maybe it was three. I don't know. I stopped counting. A lot to get to in today's episode. Uh, the Bears are back. Or are they back? Maybe they're not back. But uh, they suck. But the good news is the Giants suck more. Uh, we'll recap uh, yesterday's football game or whatever that was. We'll talk about what the Bears should be doing now and in the future. What's the future of Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy? We'll discuss that. And the Chicago Bulls are sitting atop the Eastern Conference all to themselves. All of that and more is coming up next here on the Hear Me Out Sports Talk podcast. And Josh, the Bears... As, as I bring you in here, the Bears, the Bears suck. Like, everything is just so bad about this team. Like, it's it's just hard to watch. Like, yesterday wasn't even a football game. They get the two turnovers in the first quarter, two quick touchdowns, and that was, like, the most exciting part of the whole game. It was just a snooze fest. Yeah, I, I, I'm going to be honest. I didn't even watch the entire game. I ended up going channel surfing by the mid-second quarter. I mean – it sucked. I don't have red zone, so I couldn't get anything. Pirate Nothing it. was on Fox. Pirate so it. That's what I do. I was Allegedly. I was struggling to find stuff. I'm not gonna lie, because that game I that was that was bad. I woke up and I was okay. It's gonna be a good game between two really bad teams, so we could make fun of both teams. No, we we can make fun of the Bears because the offense played like crap. But right. the Giants, that that you almost have to try to do that, especially when you have a guy like Saquon Barkley on your team. Yeah, and, and I mean, let's just talk about the Giants for a little bit. You know, they didn't like they drafted Daniel Jones, which surprised the hell out of everybody. Daniel Jones, he wasn't even that great of a quarterback at Duke. You know, he gets drafted at the sixth overall in 2018, 2018, I think. And you know, they hire Judge. Or first it was Shermer. They had Pat Shermer as their head coach. They didn't like him. So they hired Joe Judge. And the problem with Joe Judge is he just built a staff that sucked. Like his staff, his coaching staff is horrendous. And then they come into Chicago. Literally both teams are, are just, you just have players fighting for their next contract. And at that point, you're just playing for pride. And the Giants didn't even try to play competitive football. They were running it. What was Mike Glennon? One of four or two of five or something like that? Yeah, I think it was but, like two of six. Yeah, two but it, it was funny. <laughs> uh, Mike Glennon lined up in the Wildcat as a wide receiver more times than he completed passes yesterday. If that tells you anything about how bad the Giants offense is, like, I, I don't know what to tell you, but somehow the Bears don't have the worst offense. We somehow watched a worst offense, a worse <laughs> offense than the Bears. And I don't even know how that's possible because the Bears are just so inept, you know, talking about um, a, a bad coaching staff. Bill Lazor, not the answer at offensive coordinator. OK, play no. caller. OK, but Matt Nagy's offense doesn't work. It really didn't even work in 18. Like if you look, if you were to go back and look in 2018 at just kind of the points per game and stuff like that, it was very average. And then it just got worse. And then it was like, it was, it was just a mess yesterday. And it's like we, the red zone offense for the Bears is horrendous. Like it's bad. Like every time on first and if we have like first and goal from like the seven, I'm, we might as well just kick the field goal because I have zero confidence in us scoring a touchdown. Oh, yeah, for sure. But going back to the Giants, I mean, they don't really have any upside. They, they, I mean, maybe Saquon Barkley, Daniel Jones is, I mean, New York's Mitchell Trubisky, in my opinion. Actually, New York has their own Mitchell Trubisky up in Buffalo, but that, that's beside the point. But it's one of those cases, if, correct me if I'm wrong, but Joe Judge was the Baylor coach. No, that was Matt Rule. That was Rule. Uh, Joe Judge was the special teams coordinator and the wide receivers coach for uh, Belichick uh, in New England. Okay, so, 
I mean, that's not a bad hire, but how much longer can you stick with him at this point? Yeah. I mean, I know they're going to see it through with Daniel Jones. Which, which, they, sh- which they shouldn't. Daniel Jones hasn't no. – because the Giants still have to make a decision on the fifth-year option um, for Daniel Jones this coming offseason because he – I think 2018 was the last draft class where you have the option to pick it up for the fifth year or decline it. Because now I think it was started in 2019. Um, but like that, if he's on the team in the third year, that option just becomes fully guaranteed unless uh, unless of injury. But like uh, we, you probably saw it too. Adam Schefter had, of ESPN had the report that Gettleman was out, but they're keeping Judge and Daniel Jones. Like what? And the Bears are inept as an organization. And we'll get to that in just a couple minutes. But it was like John Mara, the, the Giants owner, it was like, like you, you, you can't half ass it. Like, like, like this is the thing is like, well, he's just a bad coach. But if you are a bad team, the, you have more problems than the coach. And we see that with the Bears. Like, has Ryan Pace done a lot of good things for Chicago? Yes. Like, you have to give Ryan Ryan Pace credit where credit is due. Roquan Smith. You know, his – Ryan Pace's best is in the later half of the draft. If we could literally just bring in a GM to draft rounds one through four and then just give Ryan Pace five through seven, like, we would – we might be undefeated. But, like, because you look at Bilal Nichols, Travis Gibson's a good pick. Eddie Jackson was a fourth-rounder. Larry Borum, I think, has a really bright future at at a starting offensive line spot. Um, They got him in the fifth round. Darnell Mooney. um, Thomas Graham in the limited sample size. The cornerback out of Oregon, you know, uh, the sixth-rounder. You know, there's just countless – examples of the late round draft picks but it's those early draft picks you know Jalen Johnson I think is going to be a good problem another problem I have with the Bears is like you know they preach about collaboration and Matt and Ryan do a great job collaborating but they went into this year with a single cornerback Jalen Johnson Kendall Vildor not the answer Duke Shelley not the answer Marquis Christian not the answer Thomas Graham it took him what 15 weeks to see the to see the field to see a practice squad elevation, it was just, just, there's just a lot of bad is like, so if I'm George McCaskey, let's get into that right now. If I'm Josh, if I give you the role of George McCaskey, you are the chairman of the Chicago bears. What do you do um, next week, Monday on black Monday in the NFL? Okay, Nick. So I know you're going to shake your head at this. So please do not at me, just at me on, and on Twitter at pose underscore Josh, if you're still listening at this point, I'm, I'm going to type that tweet right now. You twi- tweet it right now. I do not care if I'm George McCaskey on Monday, uh, January 10th, about this time, Matt Nagy will, or, uh, sorry, Ryan Pace will be fired. And at this point you're going to have, you can search for a new GM, but Matt Nagy and Matt Nagy will not be fired yet. I think with the new GM, you're going to bring in a good new GM as Nick Faith Palms, and I get a Twitter notification. Matt Nagy has to reapply for his job. So does Bill Lazor. I think Matt Nagy is a great head coach. Head coach. He's a great rah-rah guy. He's a great locker room guy. He he's, a great, he's a great guy for the players to be around. He's a terrible offensive coordinator and needs – and. If he gets his job back, if I'm George McCaskey and I have to tell this new GM one thing to do, it's he cannot even think about calling plays. We're going to bring in a good offensive coordinator after we fire Bill Lazor, a proven offensive coordinator to run the offense, and he's going to be the locker room head coach, quality control coach. So that's that's my George McCaskey because I'm going up the path of what the Bears always do. Not what they should do. It's what they always do. I'm going through tendencies here. But no, this isn't like your company is downsizing and they're removing your job title and you have to reapply for the same job just at a lesser level. Like Matt Nagy was not brought. He was brought here to be a head coach, but he was brought here to be an offensive coordinator. 
he failed at being an offensive coordinator slash head coach or however you want to, however you want to divide it up. Matt Nagy. I, I love Matt Nagy as a guy. Like I, I really do genuinely like him as a guy like him and Ryan Pace. I'd love to be next door neighbors with them. Don't want them running my football team. Um, but I, Josh, I, I don't, I don't understand why he's already fired one offensive coordinator and Mark Helfrich after 2019. Yeah. After 2019, he brings in Bill Lazor, whose offense wasn't exactly uh, top tier in either Miami where he was or in Cincinnati. So I like, I, his offense does not work. You can bring in whatever offensive coordinator you want. As long as Matt Nagy's still the head coach, they are running his playbook. It is not Bill Lazor's offense. He is just calling the plays. But Bill Lazor is calling the plays of Matt Nagy's offense. Bill Lazor is not calling the plays for his own offense. He is calling the plays for Matt Nagy's offense. And that's where the problem is. I don't I like I, I really like Matt Nagy as a guy. He'll stick around in this league, and I'm sure he'll get an – if Adam Gase can get another head coach job, you know, Matt Nagy can. Um, yeah. I just think – I just think he, he he's a good locker room guy. You, you I know you don't want them to be best friends with the head coach. I mean, if they can get it through their shallow brains – in Hallis Hall, up there in management, then he, that he's a decent, like he's a terrible play caller because they clearly haven't figured that out in the past two years, three years. They have to, if they're going to keep him here, I'm not, I'm just going with, with tendencies with the, the Chicago Bears and what happens at Lake Forest. Which is the whole problem. That's Maybe the thing. That's the thing. It starts at the top with George yes. and Ted. Like, Nothing's ever going to change down here if nothing changes up here. Right. But you've probably seen this clip. It was the 2014, after the 2014 season, after Mark Trestman. Do you remember when George met the media telling them they were firing Trestman? Have you seen that clip at all? I'm not. Okay. So what, what, George McCaskey said in January of 2014, or no, this might be January of 2015. He said his mom, Virginia McCaskey, is fed up with mediocrity and that she is pissed off until we get this right. That was almost seven years ago. The Bears have been nothing but mediocre since. Because they fired Mark Trestman, they fired Phil Emery, they bring in Ryan Pace, who brings in John Fox, and Ryan Pace and John Fox did not get along great. That's why we had Mitchell Trubisky, who, great guy, just didn't work here. Like, I don't care, you know, we have the Mike Norths of the world on Twitter saying, you know, it was Nagy's fault, Trubisky wasn't here. Okay, it, it wasn't good here. Okay, fine. But it doesn't work. You need a whole systematic, you just need to clean house and get it right. The problem with the Bears is they always want to move a part of the whole. They don't want to move the whole thing because they're good people. Because I, because you remember uh, it was last year, January of 2021, when George and Ted met the media via Zoom. <laughs> Ted said, have we won a game? Drill. Have we got the quarterback position right? No. Have we won enough games? No. Everything else is there? That is a quote from Ted Phillips, the CEO of the Chicago Bears and president. What? Like, we have been mediocre. We've had one good year since 2014. And that was 2018. And that 2018 team was fantastic to watch. Like that team was special. And then, and then it's all gone downhill from there. It's just been mediocre and bad. And you just need to clean house. You can't keep running out. The the Bears are a blue collar franchise, a charter football team. 
But since the 85 Bears, they have been mediocre. And they still talk about the 85 Bears like it happened last year. We got and the Packers was, going to the NFC Championship that, game every year, but we're still saying, hey, 1985 was a great year. And that was 37 years ago. Yeah. Third, almost, well, not quite 37, but almost 37 years almost, ago. Yeah. And we 36. still, as a Chicago Bears fan base, we still hold the 85 Bears in high regard, and deservedly so. But that should, we should be better. You would think in 37 years, we would have at least one chance to go back there, and we did in 2006. But that team, that team had a really good defense under Lovey. Really good defense under Lovey. And remember, what, what was it? In, was it, tw- let's see, Tressman was here 13 14. So after the 2012 season, when they fired Lovey, Lovey went, I think, 10 and 6. He went Lovey, and then he went 10 and 6. They fired Lovey. Then they hired Trustman out of the CFL, which, <laughs> and then, and then that that they had a really good first year. And a lot of parallels to Nagy, except Trustman lost the locker room in fourteen. He, but, you know, and then you know Phil Emery, whatever, handed Jay all that money. You know, they bring in Ryan Pace. Okay, fine. But Ryan Pace has he's like 47 and 64 as the Chicago Bears general manager and has not won a playoff game since 2015. Like, like, come on. So you're George Mc if you're George McCaskey, you're sticking with tendencies and you're you're you know, you're 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 firing pace, but you're gonna bring in a new general manager to make a call on that. I'm not I'm not saying that. I would do that. I'm just saying if if I had the same brain as that dude, as, as George McCaskey, that's what I'm going to do. Oh, it, it didn't work this time, but you know what? I think we'll get the next one. And I don't want to hear that she's all – Virginia McCaskey's all mad because I saw her just smiling away at watching her 5-10 and 10 football team after Robert Quinn – broke the sack record, which we'll probably get to because it's been a fantastic season for Robert Quinn, which has been a shoot, a portion of trailer home. I mean, he's trailer. been fantastic trailer all year. Tra- trailer park, trailer park. I know I'm just a little fed up right now, but showing her on the TV has to just piss off every Bears fan because, oh, we don't like mediocrity. We don't like sucking. Well, then do something about it. Don't follow the same tendencies. We all know what they're going to do. They might fire Matt Nagy. But if Ryan Pace is the guy choosing the next head coach, then they failed. They failed at what they need to do. They have the most loyal fans in the NFL. They have probably the worst stadium in the NFL. But people still show up. Because why? Because we still talk about the 85 Bears. And we think, all right, this year is going to be the year that we're the 85 Bears again. 2018, we were the closest we'd been since 2000, probably 12. And they weren't even close to that because the offense and, – and you talk about the offense sucked in 2018. There's one, there's one drive. I don't know why. It just sticks in my head. But Roquan Smith, it was Sunday night football against the Rams. Roquan Smith had an interception, brought it back to the four. We settled for a field goal. Yeah. That, that, if that, if you just watch that part, Roquan Smith, great interception, should have taken it in the end zone, got pushed out of bounds about the three or four yard line. And you see the Bears go three plays and kick a field goal. Yeah. And that, 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 that's just Ryan Pace. I, I get Matt Nagy. I get it. But that's a Ryan Pace hire. You got, it, you can't get rid of, let's say, um, shoot, Bill Lazor, because that's just the, the bottom of the problem. And, and, and you Bill Lazor go all the way to Bill the McCaskey Lazer, family. And Bill Lazor wasn't even an elite play caller. He, he was just a very average offensive coordinator. He was nothing yeah. special. Like Bill Lazor, like he did okay things in Cincinnati. But nothing, but it's like, you know, most offensive coordinators, you know, really good to signing plays or whatever. That's why I thought the Bears letting go of Dave Ragone 
their former quarterback coach, now the offensive coordinator in Atlanta. I think that was a mistake. I think Dave Ragone should have been the offensive coordinator. They should have just kept it in house because Josh, I, I don't know if you remember this, but in 2018 and 2019, when the bears, um, you know, they had some of those cool trick plays and those really good plays that just seemed to be worked. They were scheming guys open and whatnot. When Matt Nagy met the media, he was telling about that's coach rags. That, that was rags play design, you know, Dave Verdone was a big reason why some of those plays work because he designed those. It was like kind of like you write it on the bar napkin, you bring it into the office for the meeting. It's like, yeah, we can we can make this work. But but the problem the problem with Nagy's offense is it Nagy was so hell bent on running his offense, he didn't fit the system or he didn't fit his system with the players. And we're starting to see that now since since we have um, a laser, but. But still, it's nothing like it's it's not it's still not a, a world beating defense. And then the one the one game that made me think that, oh, we have a chance to be special was when we played the Patriots in 18 and lost 35 31. We almost yep. beat them on the Kevin White Hail Mary. Because if you can go toe to toe with Bill Belichick, like and that's Tom Brady. Set, and Tom Brady, that says something. That yeah. says something. There was there was a chance, and you can come after me for this, but I think with um, – oh, man. Vic Fangio leaving, that really hurt the Bears in 2019. I, that hurt them. It hurt them, but here, here's what the I'll say. The offense saying. still sucked, but the defense wasn't much better. They had a lapse from the year before. Yeah, the problem, like, that's not even so much of the problem. Like, Fangio leaving, great. You're, you're going to have coaches who are going to get better opportunities. That's understandable. But the problem with when they left, when they, when Fangio went to Denver to be their head coach, their problem was hiring Chuck Pagano. I really like Chuck as a guy. But him, it's compared, his defensive style and Fangio's adds apples to oranges. Uh, Chuck Pagano was more of the bend but don't break, you know, drop drop seven, drop eight, keep everything in front of you. The Fangio offense was we're going to stay aggressive, we're going to create turnovers, we're going to send blitzes, we're, we're, we're just going to be, you know, a swarming defense. And we're seeing a little bit more of that with Sean Desai, which the credit to Sean Desai, first-year defensive coordinator for the Bears. I've really been impressed with the things he's been able to do with the Bears. Like, I, Robert yeah. Quinn does not have this kind of season under Chuck Pagano. No. and Chuck know, Pagano didn't really blitz at all. Exactly. And that's the that problem. That was the most frustrating thing. That was the like, most frustrating thing in the Chuck Pagano time. <laughs> the, the one thing I remember about the Chuck Pagano is, like, we'd get them into third and 14, and they'd complete, like, a 16-yard pass. It was like, no. Yeah. It, was, it was such a frustrating time, but the offense didn't help out. But this year, it's the defense is doing their work. I mean, they've, they've had lapses at times because every defense has their laps, especially when your offense is going three and out every other drive, maybe even every drive, some games. Sure. So let me give you what I've read and what I've heard uh, about the Bears. Um, I've read and I've heard that the Chicago George McCaskey has put together a council of very smart football guys, past and present, um, to vet his whole football operations thing hall of fame baseball person <laughs> that all and, over again right but the the thing is it was like like i i can't confirm this report but the, it's made it sound like the recommendations to george was to clean house because you know george the problem with george is he doesn't seek outside counsel he doesn't know football he goes on record saying he doesn't know football but then he makes football decisions and it doesn't make any sense. So what the bears should do, they should fire pace, fire Nagy. They should start on the GM search. I'm going to give you four names that I think would be a really good fit here. 
I'll start with one, and, and these are in no particular order. And Josh, we'll get to head coaching candidates because I know you probably have a couple names in mind, but GM candidates, I'm just a nerd and have free time. So some GM candidates that I would like to replace Ryan Pace, Ed Dodds, he's the assistant GM for the Colts. He's Chris Ballard's right-hand man. And Josh, I don't know if you remember another problem with the Chicago Bears and their hiring strategies, but it was down to Ryan Pace and Chris Ballard in 2015 to be general manager. But the thing with Chris Ballard is he said, like when, when phrased with the question, what are you going to, what's like the first step you're going to move? He said, I'm going to cut Jay Cutler. And, and they basically like ended the interview, right? And then in 2013, the bears, the bears, um, the bears interviewed Bruce Arians, but they hired Mark Trustman. You know, uh, Bruce Arians, I don't know if you what you've seen in Tampa, but he's done a damn good job in Tampa. He did a good job in Indy and Arizona. So I'll give you Ed Dodds, Chris Ballard's right-hand man. I will give you a name like Will McClay. This, Will McClay is Jerry Jones' right-hand, mind, right-hand man in Dallas. But the problem with him is McClay's a, a Texas guy. He works for his favorite football team. So, I, you know, it's one of those names, if you can get him, go get him. But I don't don't know if McClay will leave because Jerry Jones, he can't do everything by himself. He's owner, GM, whatever, president, CEO, whatever, in Jerry's world there. But you look at a guy like – he needs to have a lot of help. You look at the defense and the team that that the Cowboys have assembled in the last three, four years – Will McClay is a big part of why the Cowboys have stayed good like that. Um, a third name, Lewis Riddick. Um, Lewis Riddick would be a guy just I, – I don't know if he gets the job, but I, I'd at least want to talk to him. I mean, I'm not – like, if I'm the McCaskies and, and Ted Phillips, I, I'm literally talking to everybody I can talk to just to get different ideas. Not every guy you're going to hire – is going to is not is not a candidate for the job. It's it's kind of like I'm going to take this back to the Cubs, but it, it it comes full circle in a second. In 2019, that was Joe Madden's last season. Um, they, him and Jed and Theo they they mutually parted ways. But Jed and Theo in their hiring process, David Ross was always the guy. But they talked to everybody. They talked to Girardi. They ch- talked to Gabe Kapler. They talked to Joe Espada. Kapler and Girardi weren't so much candidates for the job more than they were, how can we fix this? Like Gabe Kapler's done a really good job in San Francisco because he has a development background. And Theo and Jed wanted to see what they could do to make their developmental, their minor league system better. And if I'm McCaskey, that's the same kind of approach I'm taking to this interview process. I'm going to bring in as many names as I can, as many guys. I'm going to talk to as many people as I can. How can we fix this? Because everybody's not going to have the same idea. So I think Lewis Riddick just coming in with an outsider's perspective, like someone who's not in the game. Like he's in the game, but he's not in the game. So it's just kind of a different perspective there. Um, another guy is Mike uh, Boringzy. Um, he's... Um, Oh, who's uh, Brett Veach? He's the G. He's the assistant GM in Kansas City. Another right-hand man of Brett Veach in Kansas City. So those, like, if I had to rank them, Ed Dodds is the name I would want. Um, but that's just me, Josh. Uh, as we move on to head coaching candidates, if Nagy does get canned, and all signs are pointing that way from various reports, what? And I know you're gonna go here. And we can have this discussion. But what head coach names do you want to talk about? Hail to the victors, Alan. Hail. Okay, it's more of a joke that I want John Harbaugh. Jim Harbaugh, not John. John would be nice, though. (laughs) Uh, John would be very nice to have a coach. Jim Harbaugh, I mean, he's kind of proven himself in the NFL and went to a Super Bowl. I think he won the Super Bowl, if I'm not it thank you thank you uh superdome for blocking out and giving all the momentum to the 49ers harbaugh had something to do with that but um which one i think john harbaugh 
Elite QB uh, Joe Flacco. Sorry. Yeah, of course. Um, I'm gonna Bears. I think what what oh man, Chiefs offensive coordinator Nick. Eric Bieniemy. Yes. That that is my probably my top guy right now. See or see the problem I have with Bieniemy is like does he deserve to be a head coach? Yes. But the problem I have with Bieniemy is Matt Nagy was also from that tree. Now it's very possible that Bieniemy and Nagy's offense—they're completely, completely different systems, right? But I, but I think you have to completely take this in another direction, because you know Bieniemy has called plays more than Nagy has, because Nagy I think got got six days or six games prior to the wild card game against Tennessee, which they choked away because they didn't run the ball. But that's another story for another day. Um, but Bienemy, I'm like I, I I talked to him. I talked to him. He, he's not at the top of my list simply because I, I don't want another Chiefs guy. Because then then you start to get into the same cycle. I think you got to go in a completely different direction. Because the Chiefs offense Nagy brought here to run didn't work for four years. So I, I don't know what Bienemy can do outside of a different play caller and whatever, but it, it's just not as appealing of a name to me as some of the other guys. Uh, another name I saw floating around uh, was Pat Fitzgerald. No, Nick, I'm gonna I'm gonna put it on to you, and uh, give me your thoughts on Pat Fitzgerald potentially being the head coach for Justin Fields and making him a better quarterback. This literally happens every hiring cycle. Pat Fitzgerald's name always comes in can we just stop pat fitzgerald really good college coach he's got a job of a lifetime he if he had an interest in an nfl job you know North, northwestern would give him whatever they whatever he wanted to stay at northwestern i just don't see him leaving northwestern i don't know how it would work in the nfl but there's no way he leaves northwestern he's got a gig of a lifetime at northwestern i think what he does especially like I don't know when his last contract extension was, but he shows like that little I'm pretty of sure interest he's got, like, to get the money. Yeah, he's I'm got sure so he's much got... leverage on that university because yeah. they know that he will never want to leave. Right. So they just up the price every year. The Bears need a new coach. Right. <laughs> but another name, and this is the final name, and you're probably gonna be like, no way, no way. Uh, Leslie Frazier. The defensive coordinator at uh, Buffalo. in Buffalo, and he used to play for the Bears, and that that's just a name that I saw floating around on Twitter the past couple of days. I don't see it, mostly because you already have a guy in Sean Desai that's pretty good at what he does, so you don't really need a defensive-minded head coach. You kind of need that offensive-minded head coach to help you out with uh, with Justin Fields, um, improving him. So that's like a name that could be floated around because, but I don't really want it because I really like Sean Desai. Yeah. Like, like you could still keep Sean Desai. And I think whatever head coach, I I think the two coordinators that stay in place are Chris Tabor at special teams. I think he does a really good job. I really like Chris Tabor. Like if there's a guy, if there's one internal candidate I'm giving an interview to for the bears job, it's Chris Tabor. Like, he did a really nice job in that 49ers game. Like, the dude just knows football. The dude knows how to command a room, command respect. And he's always – and I, and because I'm that much of a nerd, I watch the Bears press conferences like, like, it's, like it's nothing. But, like, Chris Tabor is like – you know how, like, you know, we get into, like, gadget players and, like, who plays what. And Chris, one of Chris Tabor's lines is, if he's got a helmet on game day, he can play whatever you need him to play. And and that's the kind of attitude I, I like about Chris Tabor. So I think he stays put. Leslie Frazier, interesting name. Um, he's one of the guys early on this year I liked. Um, yeah, I, I think Leslie Frazier deserves another job, uh, another head job, because he, he had it in what? It was Minnesota. 
Um, he got the head job in Minnesota, or he had the head job in Minnesota, and then he got canned, and then I think they brought in Zimmer. Um, but Leslie Frazier, that's a really uh, another really good name that that I like. It, it was on my list, so I'm not going to give you any grief for it. Just uh, Leslie Frazier is just that guy who's like he can command a room. Like he's just one of those guys. Like he instantly, and he played for the Bears, so like it, it just instantly walks in, and he just commands respect. So he understands where this franchise is. Um, I'll give you one name that I really want is Josh McDaniels, offensive coordinator uh, for the New England Patriots. If you want a guy to come in and develop Justin Fields, you go get Josh McDaniels. He has developed a handful of quarterbacks like Matt Castle would take Brady out of it. Matt Castle, Jacoby Brissett, Jimmy Garoppolo. You take a look at a guy like Brissett and Garoppolo, they don't get the jobs and they don't get their contracts without McDaniels. McDaniels is one of those guys is like his offense works year after year. Take the whole Brady stuff out of it. Like, just take away Brady's years and Brady's games he played. His offense still worked. So, if that doesn't, like, he's dealt with multiple quarterbacks, different teams over the last 20 years, give or take, as being an offensive-minded guy. He, he can tailor an offense, and he can run an offense. So, Josh McDaniels is a guy I want. Um, that would be one for me. If I if I had to go get one name, I go get Josh McDaniels. Your thoughts on Josh McDaniels? I I mean he's probably the most qualified for the development of Justin Fields, but my my one issue right now, and it's not about McDaniels, it's will McCaskey do the right thing? Will 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 he do the finally do the right thing? Will he fire Ryan Pace? We don't know if that's even going to happen yet. It seems somewhat certain that Matt Nagy's going to go based on what Schefter has reported lately. But I just I, – I can't trust the Bears. Brass. Yeah. I, I don't know if any Bear fan can. No, you, you can't. cannot and, trust and them that, to do the right thing. They're going to the end whole... up getting some special teams coordinator from the CFL. <laughs> Like, that's the whole problem. And I think we're not having this conversation and we're not discussing this at length if the Bears ever got it right under McCaskey. They really haven't ever gotten it right. right. Like, firing Lovey, was it probably time? Yes. But you don't go hire Trustman after Lovey. No. If you had a choice between Bruce Arians and Mark Trustman, you go get Bruce Arians. If you had a choice between Chris Ballard or Ryan Pace, you go get Chris Ballard. Like, Sean Payton told Ryan Pace when Payton found out that he was, a, like, a finalist. He's like, don't do it. Don't do it. Because he, Sean Payton can see it all the way from New Orleans that they just never get it right. And, and I want to bring up Sean Payton here for a second. Albert, This might be a pipe dream, but Albert Brewer of Sports Illustrated and Monday Morning Quarterback has brought up the idea a couple times of Sean Payton, if Ryan Pace sticks around and he has one last um, kind of like a final stand if to bring in Sean Payton. Josh, your thoughts on Sean Payton? I would love that if Pace could pull that off, but I don't think he can, and I don't think Sean Payton wants to come. Oh, yay. Ryan Pace gets one head coach. What's he going to do in the first four rounds of the draft? What's he going to do? Is he going to trade them all away so we can get the fifth well, or well, seventh he, picks? He already traded the first one away and uh, selected Justin Fields. So, you know. So, sure, we can have Sean Payton. He doesn't want to come here. Maybe yeah. he does, but maybe he wants to develop Justin Fields because they don't really have a quarterback down in uh, down in New Orleans. Uh, sorry, Jameis Winston, standing on a corner, Jameis Winston down in NOLA. Um. It's such a fine sight to see, but he wants to, if, if he seriously wants the job, then he's going to have to get it from a different GM. In my opinion, in my eyes, yeah. I, I, no, I, I cannot do it with, with Ryan Pace. I can't be settling with mediocrity and, yeah. and Sean Payton isn't going to change the bear. He, he, he only fixed his half the problem. 
but yeah. there's still issues. Like he is oh, not going. He's not going to be issues the, with yeah, brass. He's, yeah, he's not going to be the step the the second coming of Christ. Like no, like he can't. Sean Payton can't save us because no. there's still systematic issues, and there's been systematic issues ever since George has been in charge and chairman. Um, another name that I think is really interesting is Todd Bowles. Really was set up to fail in New York. Defensive coordinator for Tampa. Um, Todd Bowles is a name. He'd probably be 1B, 2 for me on a head coaching list. Todd Bowles, good leader, good defensive mind. And Todd Bowles has been around long enough to where I trust him to get the right offensive guy for Justin Fields. So, Josh, your thoughts on Todd Bowles? Unfortunately, it doesn't matter what I think on Todd Bowles, if I'm going to be 100% honest with you. It honestly matters what George McCaskey does or does not do. I'm, yeah. I'm sorry. I, I keep, like, no. beating no, this no, drum. But, but, but you're I, right. I keep beating the dead horse. But, but you're I, right. I, I, I can't sit here anymore and – Listen to the press conference. We're going to have the same damn press conference as we had last January. I'm, I'm just waiting because George, is, George and Ted have not done any public media or interviews or anything since they said, well, Ryan and Matt are our football guys. And have we gotten the quarterback position right? No. Have we won enough games? No. Everything else is there. This year has been just a microcosm of everything else just not being there. And I understand where you're coming from because this is the whole problem with the whole team. Like, it, and, and this isn't a head coaching problem. This isn't a no, GM problem. It's a systematic franchise problem. It's the entire thing. It's everything going on at House Hall right now. You can't fix one level and expect the whole hierarchy to be saved. Like, they thought they got it right in 18. And credit to Matt Nagy for doing it. And credit to Matt Nagy for being the kind of leader to keep his players fighting when the offense doesn't work to keep him fighting through all 16 and 17 games. But you can't possibly tell me that 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 you you can't do this half-assed. You either have to you can't Ryan and Ryan and Matt are are a package deal. You either keep them or you fire them. You can't keep one and justify keeping the other because there's a lot of things that you can point out in, in each guy, in Nagy and Pace, where those have been fireable offenses. So that, that's just where I'm at. You can't – there's three stages or four stages, let's say. You got the players, you got the coaches, you got management, and then you got the brass nothing well it could be opposite now that i'm thinking about it but nothing changes with the coach and gm or with the entire organization unless you fix up top yeah and the bears will never fix up top what are we going to go with pat ryan like he he might be a help he's he's been big on arlington heights is what i'm hearing he he'd be a great guy cuz he he's clearly has some idea what to do, and he's and, he's some idea, and the and the funny thing about this Bears job is ownership is inept. We have systematic issues throughout the whole franchise, but it's still a desired job. Like it's yeah, a high risk, high Chicago reward job. Chicago. It's the Chicago Bears. But if you can win here and win consistently here, you're golden. You're you're set up. See, and I, I don't care if, you know. People you know, still the, love Lovey Smith even though he got fired. Right. You you look at, you can look at Vegas. Let's just go through the NFL. You got Vegas. You have Jacksonville. You'll probably have Chicago. I would think you have Minnesota. That's four jobs. Maybe Denver. I, I think, I think. Fangio's probably out in Denver. Uh, let's just say uh, with Fangio in Denver, I I think you can fire him without without being. It wouldn't surprise anybody if they fire Fangio. Yeah. Joe Judge should be fired, but he's not. 
So that's only four or five jobs, right? That's that's less than a quarter of the league. That's like a sixth of the league. Math is hard. But you can't tell me the Bears you can't tell me that the Bears aren't the best job in that in the hiring cycle. You have you will have a line. You will have a line. You will have people calling you to interview for this job. That's how desirable this franchise could be. Yep. Amid our systematic issues. It starts at the top. We will talk Bulls basketball with you. Uh, we'll talk about Chicago Bulls basketball, which is the best team right now in Chicago that is currently playing the only winning team our franchise has. That's next. It's terrible. <laughs> Josh, the Chicago Bulls sit atop the Eastern Conference all to themselves. And just, just what a ride. What a ride the Bulls have been on, you know, all the adversity through COVID they, that they've been through this whole season. But wow, is that a fun team to watch? It, it, indeed. It, it, is, it is refreshing, honestly. It is refreshing to watch a competent Bulls basketball team again. It, well, the last time we saw it was, okay, maybe you could say the big three in uh in Wade Rondo and Butler that we had that got us the eighth seed, but that really wasn't right great. It should have been a middle of the pack in the East. But honestly the last time it's been this fun to be a Bulls fan was probably 2011, 2012. Yeah, it was it was honestly. D Rose, right? Yeah. Because like, like I, I haven't watched Bulls basketball really uh, until this season for uh, since Rose. Because yeah. there's been no reason to. There's been no reason no. to. We're running out like Bod- Cristiano Felicio there as our starting big man. The man in the middle. Like, is Cristiano Felicio. Now we have one, one of these teams which is just so fun to watch. DeMar DeRozan, you know, back-to-back, um, oh, what was it? Back-to-back buzzer beaters in consecutive days and in different years against the Pacers and against the, it was the Wizards. <laughs> and it's like, you look at this team, last year they were, even, you could see it, you could see it a little bit about the Bulls, you know, turning a little bit of a corner ever since they hired AK and Eversley. Yeah, ever since they hired AK and Eversley. But the Bulls are fun to watch. You have Lonzo, you have Caruso, you have Zach, you have DeRozan. You have Vooch. Like, like, and a lot of people said, oh, maybe they'll get in a five, six seed. They're sitting at the one seed in the Eastern Conference, right? Their and defense, there's really I've been, not much stopping them. Uh, their defense has been really impressive so far. They because, can. good. Well, because Billy Donovan, the head coach of the Bulls, has, has built a philosophy and instilled in the players, especially Zach. Like when Zach was here under, you know, Garpax and Fred and Boylan, um, he, he wasn't much of a defensive guy. He was up there putting up the shots because that's what gets him paid. But he's added a, a, a really good defensive element. And then you bring in Lonzo, who, who's played great defense, Caruso and DeMar. And it's like you're building around Zach. And this is what this franchise has needed. The, the best thing about these past five games, I would say, without Billy Donovan, is they haven't really played their best ba- brand of basketball. But I was listening, I was watching the post-game show, I think, uh, after the Wizards game. Will Purdue said it perfectly. He said, good teams find a way to win even on their worst days. And that's what the Bulls did. Mm-hmm. And it's refreshing because the last the, when the Bulls played bad basketball over the past five six years, they they got they lost they lost by forty, they lost by fifty. So it's fun to see, and I, I think I'm not entirely sure. I'm almost positive though that our first episode, and we can go back and check the tapes, was right after the Bulls hired AK. 
I think it was. Yeah. So, and we were just yeah, praising it. It was, it, and it was, it was, it was right around our first or second episode. I believe, I thought it was our first because I remember writing it down. But I think we, we, we praised it then, not knowing we still had Jim Boylan, but we're just, the, the, the entire city's praising this team now. Yeah, no, um, we were, they didn't hire AK yet. But Garpax was gone, and they were looking at who to hire. So, like, our first episode, okay. they were still in the interview process for AK. Okay. So, we it, it might have been our second episode where they hired AK, and we were praising it. And the Bulls needed this. The, the Bulls needed this. I, they, you kind of felt like they were losing not, – not losing their, like, loyal fans – but they started to lose their fans to Milwaukee. Right. They started to lose some fans to Milwaukee, and they needed this season to get those fans back in. And I think everybody's seeing red right now. Yeah. And everyone's back on that Bulls train. And this is the one team in the city that everybody gets around. And the thing that's – and it's not even the city – it's like going back to the Jordan. Everybody was a Bulls fan because they came across on WGN. Yep. Like I, like I remember listening to Aaron Rodgers back when he came to Chicago. He was like, I have a lot of respect for Chicago because one of the few channels they got as a kid was WGN, and he'd watch the Bulls. He'd watch Jordan. He'd watch Rodman. He'd watch Pippen, right? So it was – it's just one of those things was like, Everything is better, and it's kind of like the same thing with the Bulls or the Bears. The NFL is better with the Bears being good. The NFL or the NBA is better with the Bulls being good. Yep. And, you know. The Knicks, too. Right. Right. And it was like. The Bulls, Knicks, and Lakers are good at one time. Then the NBA is perfect. Bulls and Knicks, this year should have been a Christmas Day game. Exactly. But did, did anybody in the NBA really see this coming? I mean, everyone was calling DeMar DeRozan, oh, a terrible the signing. Worst off, yeah, the worst yeah. off-season off move of the whole off-season. So I, I'm about 98% sure that the Bulls will be getting a Christmas game next year. Yeah. So that will be fun. You, you almost have to give it to You it. have to. The ratings will go through the roof. <laughs> right. It's a good team again. And even though the Bulls are the first team in the Eastern Conference, right, I, st- I, I think nationally they're still looked at as a very underrated team. Because oh, yeah. they're, they're still not getting any of the national love that everybody else is getting. Although I do like NBC Sports Chicago. I like watching the games on there. I'm not going to lie. I, I do. I do like... Teams can have TNT and ESPN games. I love, I love listening to the homers. I'm not going to lie. I, I do love Stacy. I do love Adam, Adam Amin. Um, but the only reason I wish the Bulls were on TNT was because I love Kevin Harlan. I mean, I mean, who, like, every time, like, you get, you watch a game and Kevin Harlan is on the call, it, whether it's the two worst teams or the two best teams, you know, Kevin Harlan, it, it, you're in for a ride with Kevin Harlan. NCAA tournament's coming up soon, Nick. Yeah, this is March. Yep, we're getting there. Except Indiana won't be there. It's all right. It's okay. No comment, please. No, no, com- uh, no comments at this time. But yeah, I, well, I, I have a think... question. I have a question. I'd rather not answer your question right now because I'm still. Okay. I've been kind of staying off Twitter lately. No, oh. I've been cleansing. Well, it's tw- a New Year's resolution. Yeah, Twitter is where the idiots the gotta play. <laughs> But just – and I go back to Milwaukee, and I, I watched them. I, I, I rooted for them. I wasn't their biggest fan, but I rooted for them. I didn't go to the Deer District. But the amount of people – and I'm not saying that 17 or 16 to 23-year-olds are loyal fans to anybody other than you and I. Uh, but it, it just seemed like – Everyone was going to the Deer District, and they were becoming Bucks fans. And it it was kind of, like, heart-wrenching to be a Bulls fan. Yeah, well, well, part of the reason it was – 
I don't know if it's so much like they're going to fans, but the like the the thing with the Milwaukee is like for most of us here in the northern suburbs of Chicago, Milwaukee's a lot easier to get to. Fizzer yeah. Farms a lot easier to get to than the UC. Miller Park or whatever the hell they're calling it now is a lot still easier. Yeah, I know. Miller Park is still a lot easier to get to than Wrigley or or the Cell, right? So, you know, it's one of those things where I, I don't know if it's so much of a fan base thing, but it's more of a convenience for people. Say guaranteed rate, you coward. I, it's guaranteed loss. <laughs> guaranteed loss. That's what that is. But yeah, it, in yeah, being halfway between Chicago and Milwaukee, but you got people that were like Bulls fans through and through all of a sudden changing to the Bucks. It was like, okay. And I'm not saying I wasn't one of that. I didn't go to the Deer District, but in uh, 2019, I went to the Eastern Conference Finals. Like, I couldn't turn down going to a good basketball game. Right. And did I cheer for the Bucks? Yeah. But was I, was I not watching the Bulls and saying I'm not a Bulls fan anymore? No. Right. And because I knew this day would come. I didn't know when because it felt like it was going to be forever unless they did well, something. Well, that's, that's kind of the feeling I have about the Bears is, like, I get asked all the time, Nick, why do you watch, like, such a shitty team? It was like, like, me and you probably are of the same philosophy that we will watch it no matter how bad it gets yep. because that's just how how it's been instilled in us. Like, that's just the the fan, the uh, the fanatic in us. That's just the diehard, like, kind of, like, we embody everything it is to be a Chicago sports fan, right? Oh, yeah. So it's just like one of those things where it's like, you know, you know it's going to get better. You just don't know when. Yeah, it's kind of like the Incredibles quote. What are you waiting for? I don't know. Something amazing, I guess. Yeah, and, and right? That, that, that's what we're waiting for. I mean, I waited for, for the White Sox to do that. You waited for the Cubs to do it. And, I mean, I went to You're 19 White Sox still waiting for the White Sox. I went to like 19 White Sox games last year because I've been waiting so long. Right. It just, I needed, I, it was, it was finally some closure from, from right. all that waiting, watching, geez, I don't even know, Nikki Del Monaco <laughs> and Trace Thompson, like those guys, Ryan Cordell and Charlie Tilson went to New Trier. And it was just, finally watching a good brand of baseball granted there was times where i just wanted to beat my head into the wall watching them right because of some moments during the season but that's that that's what a chicago sports fan is it's waiting for something like the bulls this year like the bears in 2018 like when the bears will be good again like when the blackhawks will be good again because there's fans that waited Geez, I'm assuming 17. It was the Hawks went to the Cup final in '92 and lost to the Penguins, so they waited 17 years. They went through misery from 2002 to 2007. Misery, Hawks fans right. did, and I, we were too young. I mean, you're a, you're older than me, but but just that misery to go through that. That's what embodies being a fan of any sports team in a major city. Right. And, and I, uh, let's go back to the Bulls here for for a second. Can we talk about Io DeSumo? Like, what a, what, what an amazing pick that was. Like, I've never cheered so hard for an Illinois grad other than Brandon Paul. Right. But, like, you look, you look at Io, he was a second-round pick. That's easily a first-round talent in the second round. Like, Io has honestly been a difference-maker more than people thought because he every time he checks into the game, whether it be late in the first quarter as, as just a sub for Lonzo, he has instilled a kind of energy that the Bulls have been missing for so, so long. Because if you think about even like, like, like the three-headed monster with Jimmy, with Rondo, with Wade, those are all those are all relatively veteran guys at that point. That wasn't exactly a rookie, right? But Io was bringing in a new kind of energy. Like I remember, I went to Bulls Jazz. I think it was like the first or second week of the season. It was the first game the Jazz lost um, this year, 
And it was like every time once Io checked in, the UC went nuts. Like the UC was freaking nuts. Every it's just Chicago that kind kid. Of, right, Chicago kid, but it's also just that burst of energy he brings on the floor. Is like I've never seen a basketball team that's been so much fun to watch because they have veterans. They have they they have like really good youth, and they all kind of fit together. It's it's just a weird blend, like yeah. as, as, right? And because like I was thinking back to last year's trade deadline when they got Booch, it was like, okay, like that just really came out of nowhere when they got Booch, like that came out nobody expected that. They knew what they were doing though. Yeah, trust the process. I guess we're in Philly now. But, no, we're, yeah, we're I not. mean, I honestly, I was uh, watching Io DeSumo and Kobe White was out for the first, what, like 20 games of the season? What was it? Yeah, about, it was like the first two right. months or something like that. Yeah, yeah about, about the first two months. And we he, still haven't really seen Patrick Williams because he's been. No, think about how good this team would be with Patrick Williams. I know. It was like, it's like. Well, it's like, you know, we were playing well without Kobe. Then Kobe plays back. So when Kobe comes back, you take minutes away from somebody else. But literally, even through COVID and the hardship exemption and everything, every single player on this team and on this roster has produced in some kind of fashion to bring in this new brand of Bulls basketball. Yeah. And I was on that, okay, we can trade Kobe White. We have Io DeSumo. But these past, like, two, three weeks, Kobe White has really stepped up. I mean, against Indianapolis, he had like 25. Against uh, the Wizards, he had 25. He's been perfect. He's been perfect with this team. And I didn't really think that he would mold well with Io DeSumo being there. But And going back to Io, he's the reason the Bulls won the game against the Pacers. Sure. DeMar DeRozan should have been ejected. Sure. But a rookie is pulling back his vet. He also Late did that game. to Zach. He also yeah. did that to Zach. Yeah. And and just his maturity this early in his career, his ceiling is just – the ceiling is the roof. Yeah. It's like – it's just – great Michael Jordan there. Yeah, it's just one of those things where it's like no injury seems to be a real downgrade because of the depth – that Arturis and Mark Eversley have been able to build, and they've pushed literally every, all of the right buttons so mm-hmm. far. And yeah. It's just one of those and, things where it's like, well, you look at a guy like Matt Thomas. Like Matt Thomas was a guy during preseason or training camp or whatever the hell they call it in the NBA. It's like he's turned out to be a nice fill-in piece. Yeah. And it's just one of those things where it's like you go up and down the roster. Lonzo, Tony Bradley, Troy Brown, Caruso, Tyler Cook, uh, DeMar, Io, De- Dotson, Javante Green, um, Derek Jones Jr. has been more than just a slam dunk champion. You know, you got Zach, you got Mac McClung, um, Alfonso McKinney, uh, Marco, he sucks, Matt Thomas, Vooch, Kobe White, and we really haven't seen Patrick Williams at all. Yeah. Like, when this team is fully healthy, this team is scared. Yeah. And hopefully, what was the timeline for Patrick Williams? I can't remember. It's been. Uh, let's see. Months. It says he was hurt on the 27th. I know he returned to practice a couple weeks ago. So I, I still think he's about a month away. Okay. Give or take. So, so when he comes back, it'll take the him end of the month. It'll early take February. him time. Yeah. It'll take him time to get back. But same thing with Kobe. Every, same thing with Kobe. It's like everybody was kind of just expecting him to be like, you know, just kind of like step Man. right back in. But it was like, yeah. but this is a whole new team for Kobe too. Yeah. So it was like because he had he had shoulder surgery in the off season, so he really didn't get a training camp. He had to wrap up on his own. He was in the G League for all of forty five minutes, and. <laughs> And, you know, he comes in and it's like, everybody's like, oh, well, Kobe sucks. No, he just needs time. He should have been in the yeah. G League for more than 45 minutes. But that's just me. Oh, yeah. And I think we've talked about this a little bit. But yeah. he, he should have he stayed in the G League and just got more consistent minutes. Because on a team that's good like this, you're going to ride the hot hand 
Like you're not going to have so much of a rotation. You're you're just going to ride the hot hand because you have so many options. But and this is a good rotation too. They've they've played a good amount of guys. Right, and and that's the thing is like when Patrick Williams comes back and you know Caruso's still out with his foot injury. At once they come back, how are you going to like Billy Donovan is going to have to do magic wonders with, with just the rotation, just getting guys minutes because all of these guys have been productive and you can't just sit all of them. You can't just have a 10 man rotation anymore because like you have too many good quality players to just run a 10 or a nine man rotation. Yeah. All right, Josh, you got anything else before we go? Uh, to our loyal listeners, all three of you, maybe even two happy new year and have a safe new year. And we will be back. I, I can almost guarantee we will be back soon. There will not be another three-month hiatus. Uh, next episode, we'll probably talk more about how the Chicago Bears are inept, maybe about the Bulls, uh, but we'll definitely uh, talk um, some MLB. Uh, we'll discuss the lockout. We will discuss where the Cubs and the Sox uh, futures are heading. Is Craig Kimbrell still going to be on the White Sox? What can the Cubs expect? from Marcus Stroman. All of that and more will be next here on the Hear Me Out Sports Talk podcast. We thank you, each and every one of you, for listening, even if it's all three of you. Uh, for Josh Pose, I am Nick Palazzolo. You can follow us on Twitter at Nick Palazzolo 5 and at Pose underscore Josh. And have a happy and safe New Year. Oh, thank you.